Presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. The podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to Your Church on Mission. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland, and this is the Evangelism Podcast of the North American Mission Board. Hey, recently I read an article by Simon Sinek, who wrote the book, Start With Why, and he wrote this article um, several years ago, uh, but I thought it was really important to maybe mention it today as we talk about evangelism. In the article, he talks about a shoe salesman in the 1950s named Ben Prober, who went on to own a very, very successful chain of women's shoe stores. The prices at his store weren't the cheapest. The selections weren't that different than any other store in town. And the stores themselves were pretty basic. They were nice, but nothing that our design and, and experience of obsessed era would consider, you know, any kind of competitive advantage. So with no apparent superior offering or value added, Prober Shoes managed to outsell their competition year after year after year. So when Ben was asked, what's your secret to success? Here's what he always said. Two, not three. Two, not three. Ben understood something about human beings that modern businesses and even churches have forgotten. And here's what it is. More choice is bad. Let me tell you how he fleshed it out. When a lady came into one of his shops, the odds were good that she would want to try on more than one pair of shoes. If she already had two styles to choose from and she asked for a third option, here's what Ben would say. I love this. He would say, of course, madam, I'd be happy to fetch you the style of your choice. Now, which one would you like for me to take away? What Ben learned is that when his customer had two options, they could easily make a choice about which style they preferred. However, when they had three or more to choose from, they had more trouble making a decision and more often than not left the store without any shoes. See, here's the truth. Even if in business, even if customers think they want more choice, the facts are overwhelmingly against them. Not only are we more likely to make a purchase with fewer options, but the confidence we have in our choices and satisfaction we get from these choices is considerably higher than if we're forced to choose from a larger selection. In other words, the only result of competing with more is you do less, you, you sell less. So I want to compare that and bring that in to church world in this podcast. Because what happens is in churches, we wind up offering so much to meet the consumer mentality of our members, we actually wind up accomplishing less. I'm joined by my co-host today, Scott Smith, who's an evangelism consultant with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Scott, most churches need to simplify a little bit, don't they? Yeah, they really do. Um, it, it's kind of like government regulations. We add them and we typically don't take the old ones away, <laughs> right? <laughs> And so it becomes uh, burdensome after a while. It becomes too, uh, just too heavy laden with too many options. And I, it's a frog in a kettle thing, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It's slow. So we don't notice that we've just got too much on the agenda or just simply too much that we're trying to funnel our visitors and our members uh, into. Yeah. So I think that um, 
I love the frog in, in the kettle analogy for this because I think that's what happens. Over time, in the life and ministry of a church, we added a lot of good ministries. And we added ministries when they were hot, when it fit the culture of the time, when it fixed the context of the time. And then what we never did was take away any of the other options. So not only do we have the best current cutting edge ministry going on at our church, we also have the ministry that worked 20 years ago going on right. in our church. Yeah, I think one of the core problems, though, is that we don't have a system whereby we evaluate not only the new ideas, but whether or not the old ideas are still working. So without any kind of, uh, any kind of a litmus test or a filter or checklist or a evaluation assessment system in place, things tend to stay on the, on the, on the, on the registry of options. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think since both of us are in evangelism. We both would argue uh, that the litmus test perhaps you ought to consider is how many people are coming to Christ through that ministry, right? I mean, that's not a bad gauge for is a ministry working or not, right? No, exactly. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, the Great Commission is is r really the, the the great filter, right, for what we endorse as a worthwhile idea in a church. I know we'll say more about this in some future podcasts that we're we're kind of kicking around with conversations. I think there's a lot to say about that, mm -hmm. but I think back down to brass tacks is you know, at the end of the day, we have to evaluate our evangelistic effectiveness um, first. And that means every program in the church and every option that we give our people ultimately is traced back to how it impacts our evangelistic effectiveness. Yeah. So what's going wrong in most churches is, and Scott, you, you, you preach in a lot of churches and, and I have over the years as well. And, and so you, you go to announcement time, you go to your average church, Scott, and you open up a bulletin and it's probably a trifold document that has tons of options in it. I mean, we're seeing multiple kid, multiple student, multiple adults, senior adults, ministries on Sunday, Wednesday, Monday, Thursday. And at the end of the day, though it sounds okay, like, well, we want a ministry for everybody in the church. Really, in all probability, you're giving them three three pairs of shoes instead of two, and most people are going to walk away not having made a purchase. Like they're going to walk away and not engage with anything you have going on because they can't figure out what should they engage with uh, to some degree. And so when you throw in another announcement about a new ministry you're starting, I think sometimes it just cripples people, doesn't it? Well, it does. Um... I think we forget that everything communicates. I mean, everything communicates. Your your announcements really um, communicate what your church is really about. What's the heartbeat of your church? Your your um, your brochure. Your you know the different the, the website. The different things that are listing all these options. That's right. We're finding out about them. They're, they're communicating what is the heartbeat of your church. And I think a lot of a lot of ministries can be. Um, you know, directly trace back to evangelism, a lot of servant ministry opportunities and things like that because of the way it's phrased or worded or what's, what it's called. But, but for, for most churches, at least in my experience, uh, in, for most churches, our announcements basically say we're, we like to keep people busy. You know, we like to, we like to keep people busy. Now, now some churches, if you look at the, the menu, it's, 
it's all about going deeper, right? It, it's you're communicating. We are a church that likes to go deeper. We're a church that likes to really focus on discipleship and it's classes and and small groups and, and ev on everything under the sun. Um, and nothing wrong with that by any stretch, but, but there are those churches when you go into a, a, a highly evangelistic church, one that's really getting it done in evangelism, it, it, you, you don't have to have anybody interpret it to you. As a matter of fact, the, the very person who's making the announcements, if, if that is a part of their service, invariably communicates something about so that people can be saved. You know, even if they're saying, look, we did this last year and man, we had 18 people saved and we're excited about what's going to happen this year. I mean, there's, it just evangelism bleeds out when, when evangelism is the driver of the activities. Yeah. And so you can't have, that's a great, great word. So what that means is you can't have all these activities going on that are non-evangelistic uh, because when you give them options, too many options, I mean, here's what we know. Experience tells us and, and observation tells us people will choose the non-evangelistic option. Right. Right. Well, I, and, and this conversation assumes that, we're really talking about assimilation. And I think, I think that's what keeps a lot of us up at night is how do we assimilate, right? How do we get people from being a nominal member to really involved in being a tither and a worker and, a and, a, and, a, and really using their gifts. And so the, the goal, it's like, it's almost like spray and pray. <laughs> if yeah, I, yeah. the more options yeah. I put out there for our people to plug into, they're going to plug into something. Surely mm -hmm. the longer the menu, they're going to find something. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but but it kind of goes back to would you rather go to Cheesecake Factory where it takes 40 minutes to order because you literally have to read through countless different types of food in one menu mm -hmm. to even make a choice? Or do you just want to go to the best barbecue place in town where you know you're going to have your order in in 10 minutes and enjoy the meal? Mm -hmm. uh, it goes back to exactly what you were saying earlier. You know, we want we do want to assimilate, but ultimately every believer is to be involved, is to be assimilated into disciple making, but biblical disciple making has evangelism at its core. Mm -hmm. So, so at the end of the day, it's not just, do I get them plugged in for the sake of getting plugged in? Well, we can always come up with creative ideas to get people to plug into something, but, but chances are that's going to cause us by default to create options that are easier to plug into. And the easier options to plug into are almost never evangelistic. Mm -hmm. or, or, or have evangelism involved mm -hmm. it is exactly right. And so, so you're actually your own worst enemy because you're creating avenues for people to get involved that it may build fellowship. I mean, there's some things, there's some good things that come out of those, but at the end of the day, it's not helping you push forward in what we want to be doing, which is reaching our community for the cause of Christ. They're, they're, they almost become diversions. So when I set you down and I put 20 pairs of shoes in front of you, mm. uh, you know, it's almost like you lose me. You know, it's like, yeah. well, that's too much. I can't, I can't make a decision when it, when it comes to that. Well, yeah. and I, I think a lot of pastors may not be ready to fight this battle, but if you had to say, look, in order for us to add a new activity, number one, is it going to be evangelistic? But number two, what are the two other church activities or programs that we would have to take away? What if we required ourselves that you've heard of some 
actually I've heard of some state governments doing that. We yeah. will, we will add no new regulations without taking two off the books. What okay. if you had to do that with, with your church menu, right. Of, of things to plug into. Well, and so, so I think that, I think, so I think that's where the podcast is kind of landing. And the reason we started it is that this is not about what are you going to start next? This is about what do you need to take away and uh, in church life, we're familiar with the term purging the roles, you know, where we, we look through our membership roles and we say, who's on there that shouldn't be, you know, they've passed away. We know they've joined another church. They've moved to Kalamazoo, you know, that they're, they're not really on our roles. But when's the last time as a pastor, you sit down and did that with your ministries where we're going to purge our ministries and we're going to take away the things that we really, A, don't want to be doing anymore. B, are not getting any support from the membership really anymore. There's kind of one guy hanging on to it. Or C, doesn't really help us fulfill what we think our vision is for our church and reaching our community anyway. I mean, those, those are hard calls and tough decisions for a pastor to make. Some, some ministries need to be fired. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, they, they're, not, they're not performing their, their job description anymore kingdom wise. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, and honestly, if, if the only reason that a ministry is still in the books, I know it gets into local church politics based on where you are in your ministry, whether you've been there two years or five years, but let's be honest. If your ministry is only on, on the program list because, or if that ministry is only on the program list because of sentimental reasons, because it was aunt Mabel's idea way back in the day, or the that started it was chairman of deacons at the time or, right. or whatever and we want to want to keep i mean really we, at the end of the day we have to decide what's going to be the driver of every ministry in the church and there's no way we can take uh the great commission out as a huge determining factor in whether it stays or goes well and i think here's a here's a great way to uh ask that question uh, maybe scott and you you push back if you don't think so but Here's a question I ask. If you currently didn't have the ministry we're talking about, would you start it? Oh, that's great. Yeah. So if I didn't, if I had already married that ministry 10 years ago, would I start it today? And if the answer is no, I wouldn't start that today, then why are you letting it zap resources up from your church, whether that be man hours, money, attention, whatever that may be? If you wouldn't, if you wouldn't, if you didn't, if you weren't excited about that ministry today, if you wouldn't go, oh man, this is a thing that's really going to change our church, eh, then you might ought to have a hard look about do we need to keep this going, going on or not? Because we know options paralyze people, and um, they're only going to give you so much, and they tend to choose uh, the easiest one, and oftentimes the easiest one is not the one that leads to. Um, reaching people in your community or even growing, you know, the Christians in your church. And what does it say to your church when you start paring down the options mm -hmm. and especially stating that the ones that are sticking around, the ones that are there are there because it helps your church reach more people for Jesus in that community. Yep. And Hey, I'll tell you this as a pastor, Sometimes it's something you started. Like, 
sometimes it's not the chairman of the deacon's idea or Ms. Myrtle's idea. Sometimes it was your idea. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are the hard, that's where to start maybe is, Hey, this was a good idea years ago, but not so much today. And, um, we're going to simplify in order to get better. And, um, Hey, it's, it sends a message to the church when you're willing to part with your own, uh, favorite ministry in order to move the in order to move the mission forward. Absolutely. So, Hey pastor, that would be just an encouraging word for you today. Maybe do a look at your ministry role and maybe consider doing a ministry purge and realize that you can actually reach more people by doing less, uh, by focusing their, their leadership ability, your resources, their time, their money, their energy into the things that matter the most. And you'll be shocked at um, how much better your ministries will become. Hey, to find out more about evangelism, always be sure and visit nam.net slash your church on mission or nam.net slash evangelism. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Thanks for listening to Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog, www.namb.net forward slash your church on mission. To send in a comment or question, email it to evangelism at namb.net.